Well, good morning and welcome to Crossroads. I am really, really glad that you have joined us today. We are diving into week two of a really important series called Radioactive. And what this is discussing is the fallout of a faith that becomes toxic. And there are huge warnings all throughout the New Testament in the writings of Paul, in the words of Jesus. There are warnings that say, hey, be careful, because if you don't stay focused, if you don't stay laser focused on the plan that God has for your life and keeping your eyes fixed on him, you will go off the rails. Your faith will become toxic. And instead of being a light that shines in the darkness, instead of living a life that draws people to Jesus, your faith can become toxic in such a way that it not only not brings people into Jesus, but it actively pushes them away. And here's the thing. If we lose sight of these pitfalls, these traps that we can fall into, we can, without even realizing it, allow our faith to become toxic in different areas of our lives. And so I just want you to lean in today because we're talking about some heavy stuff. We kicked off last week with the idea and the reality that unthankfulness is a foundational piece to building a toxic faith. When I forget all that God has done for me, the mercy, the grace, the love that he has for me. When I forget all of my blessings, the things that God has done for me, how he has been faithful, how he has been good, how I am dearly and deeply loved by him. When I forget about those things, I lose that attitude of gratitude. I lose that thankful spirit. And when I become consumed with that attitude of unthankfulness, I'm not only not focusing on God, I'm focusing completely on myself. I'm focusing on others. I'm focusing on the things that I don't have instead of the blessings that God has given me. And we've got to really be careful. Make sure we're staying focused on being thankful for what God has done, for what he is doing, that we're looking forward with anticipation to what he is going to do because he has been faithful, he is faithful, and he will be faithful in our, in our years to come as we live this life on earth. And today, as we take our next step from unthankfulness, we're diving into this concept of unholiness. And this is where it gets real. And it's all based on 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, where Paul writes this to Timothy. He says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And from such people, he says, turn away. Don't even associate with people who have this toxic faith, who just turn people away from Jesus. These are perilous times. These are dangerous days. And when this permeates our culture, when we call ourselves followers of Jesus, when we honor him with our lips, but when we deny him with our lifestyle, that is the foundation to toxic Christianity. That's where our lifestyle, our actions, the walk has to match the talk. Our actions, the lives that we live, have to line up with what we say we believe. And here's the thing, I'm just saying it again, toxic Christianity, it claims to know Jesus, but it denies him with its lifestyle. And that's what unholiness is. That's when my life doesn't match up with what I say I believe. My life doesn't reflect that Jesus is living and moving and working in me. And so a question I have for you today is this, Am I denying Jesus with my lifestyle? Are there things that I have allowed to permeate my life that aren't like Jesus? 
Because at the end of the day, the question we all have to be asking ourselves is this, am I becoming more like Jesus? That's, that's the, the process, the lifestyle that God calls us to, where each and every day I'm making that concentrated uh, choice to become more like Jesus. And if I don't stay focused on that, my faith can become toxic. I got to be honest with you. We have to have moments like this where we are honest with ourselves, where we take time to evaluate our relationship with God. Because again, if we take our eyes off the prize, if we lose focus on this life that God has called us to and who he is calling us to be, we can fall into those traps. We can become complacent. We can become apathetic. We can allow things into our lives that take us away from God. And that is unholiness. It's when I allow things in my life that aren't like Jesus to to grow roots. It takes me away from who God is. My faith becomes toxic, and I say I honor Jesus. I say I love Jesus, but I deny him with my lifestyle. And what I want to point out today is that when we talk about holiness, we're talking about being like Jesus. We're talking about a lifestyle that's committed to becoming more and more like him. And I think a lot of people have this misconception that when you say, oh, I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm, I'm trying to be holy. It's like this idea, this false idea of, well, I'm perfect. It's this false idea of perfection, right? Like no one here is perfect, all right? I can guarantee you that. I will just say right now, I'm not perfect. I have never met someone who is, all right? No one is perfect. In fact, we all need a savior. That's why Jesus came to planet earth to lay himself down. He paid the price that we could not pay. He offers us this unbelievable gift of salvation, this gift of freedom, this hope for our future. He's been faithful. You guys, he is faithful today. He is here with us, and our future is bright. We have much to look forward to as we we look forward to a future with him and a life that is filled with his presence and guiding us and and molding us into, into his image and helping us become more like him. And when you keep that in mind, you realize that holiness is not just some moment where you like, you get struck by lightning or you get struck on the forehead by some pe- somebody and they say, you're, you're holy now, you've done it, you've arrived. It's not just this powerful moment, right? It's a process. It's a lifestyle. It is a journey through life where I am day to day becoming more like Jesus. And I gotta be honest with you, I wish it was just like this trajectory that's straight up, but it's not. It is messy. It is up and it is down. It is a lifestyle though and a process of becoming more like Jesus. And to illustrate this, I wanted to come to the whiteboard today and draw the reality that I've been living out for the last six months, because here's the thing. Uh, When the stock markets began to crash back in March, I decided, you know what? I'm going to start dabbling in the stock market. I opened up my E-Trade account and I jumped in. And here's what happened. I started off with my little play money right there. And in the first two days, you guys, I lost 20% of my play money. I'm going, oh my goodness, the stock market stinks. Why did I do this? This is terrible. But then over time, it took about two or three weeks because the market's volatile right now. It slowly came back up and then I came above where I started and I made a little bit of money. I was so excited. I'm like, yes, this is amazing. I'm eyeballing all the things I'd like to buy that were $10 or less. And then uh, it dipped again. I'm like, no, 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 no. But then it jumped again. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And then it dipped again. Like, no, 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 no. And then, oh my goodness, in June, oh, it jumped up so high. You guys, I'm like a professional day trader. My money doubled in June. It doubled. It doubled. Can you believe that? I had $20, $20 to spend. And I was so proud of myself. I'm going, I've got this figured out. Life is good. Boy, I'm going to retire early. This is great stuff. And then, 
I held on to it too long because what happened? Oh man, it immediately dropped almost all the way back down to where I started. I'm going, what is happening? I thought I was so smart, but I've got nothing figured out. Nothing is put together. And ever since then, you guys, I've been fighting. I've been scratching and clawing to get my way back up close to where I once was, close to where I know I could be. And then again, just in the last couple of weeks, I mean, it tanked and I'm just going, are you kidding me? I do not have this figured out. And as frustrating as that is with just a little play money account on E-Trade, I want you to recognize the similarities that this has with our relationship with God, because this process of holiness, it's messy. Life is messy. It's up and down. But I need you to be honest. We all have to take time and be honest, because here's the thing. You have to look at your life and see what kind of trajectory you're on. Man, you're going to have a lot of ups and downs. There's going to be moments where life is great. Your relationship with God is thriving. It's growing. It's awesome. But then there's going to be moments when you fail. You do something you shouldn't. You experience a hurt. Man, we all have hurts. We have habits. We have hangups. Things don't go right. It's up and down. It's messy. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about my E-Trade account. Man, I I hate that my account isn't up here right now. Oh, I hate that. I hate that it's not up here. I hate that I lost again. But when you look at my account over the last six months, look at this. I'm going in the right direction. It's, it's going right. It would be way worse if my account was just taking a dive and not recovering. You know what I'm, taking, what I'm saying? That would just be awful. My kids, oh man, they'd be so mad at me. They, I wouldn't be buying them V-Bucks anymore. It would be a terrible disaster. But here's the thing I want you to think about. Your relationship with God is so much more important than some, you know, uh, just hobby E-Trade bank account. It, it's so much more important. It has eternal significance. It has eternal consequences. And we have to make sure that we are being holy. Not the pressure of being perfect. It's recognizing that I am in complete surrender. I'm saying, God, it is the desire of my heart where I want to become more like you. And what's amazing that we see in Scripture is that the Holy Spirit gives us power. The Holy Spirit will empower you. God's presence in your life will give you the power to overcome. He will give you the power to become more like him. You don't have to live the way that you used to. You don't have to make the choices that you used to make. You can become more like Jesus every single day. Are you still going to have problems? Are you going to still have moments where you go, why did I do that? That was such a terrible decision. Yes, we're always going to have those things that we deal with and those issues that we face in life. And yet, We have the power, we have the Holy Spirit working in our lives who is slowly molding us and shaping us and helping us become more like him. And I need you to be honest today in your assessment of your journey with Jesus. Think about where you were in your relationship with God two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, 20 years ago. Are you closer to Jesus? Have you become more like him? Or are you flatlined? Are you not as healthy in your relationship with God as you used to be? These are really important moments. These are sacred moments that we have to lean into and identify, hey, I need to be working on my relationship with Jesus. I need to make sure that I am being holy, that I'm allowing God to move and work in my life, that I am really becoming more like him. And I I think Paul speaks to this in Romans chapter 12. This is powerful stuff. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. This has been so impacting to me over the course of my life because, I mean, this just summarizes the life that God has called us to. You want to live life to the fullest? Put this stuff into practice in your life. This is what Paul writes in Romans 12. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. See, this is the action. This is what we do. My life 
is a lifestyle that is marked by sacrifice. If I am going to pursue Jesus, if I'm going to make it the ambition and the goal of my life to become more like him, if holiness is going to be important to me, I want to be like Jesus, then that's a lifestyle. That's everyday choices that are marked by sacrifice. Sacrifice, when you define that, it's, it, it means I give up the advantage, all right? I give up the advantage of what I have for the sake of something else. I'm sacrificing my own advantage, my own uh, pleasure for the sake of something else. I think the best way to illustrate that is, you know, the last few weeks, I don't know why this is true in my life, but it is, I have discovered that I really like caramel M&Ms. I just want to throw that out there. I really like caramel M&Ms. I've kind of, uh, I've, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I've had victory in my life. I am no longer addicted to Ben & Jerry's ice cream. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about that. And yet I feel like I've replaced that addiction with caramel M&Ms recently, which is probably good because it's like 400 calories a serving compared to 1,200 calories a serving. So I think I'm trending in the right direction still. Hey, good trajectory. That's fantastic. So here's the idea of sacrifice. I'll be sitting there at my house at night, and I'll go, man, I really have a hankering for some caramel M&Ms. Why are there no snacks in the house? So I run down to the store. It's like two minutes down the road. I grab myself a big 20-ounce bottle of Diet Mountain Dew because it's delicious and healthy, and I grab myself a bag of caramel M&Ms. It's fantastic. I come back. I sit on the couch. I get ready to watch my television show, and then what happens? Well, my boys, it's like they have this radar. They know when I've bought something good for myself, you know, and they see, oh, dad's got some caramel M&Ms. And they come over, they're like vultures. Dad, give me some caramel M&Ms. I'm going, no, these are my M&Ms. And then I break down because I'm a dad and I love them and I'm, they're spoiled rotten. You know, I can't say no. And so I give them my caramel M&Ms. So they're taking a bunch of my stuff. I'm sacrificing my caramel M&Ms for the pleasure of my boys. It's the per- Boy, I am the picture of sacrifice. I'm just amazing right now. Here's the thing, though. Sacrifice, when it comes to my relationship with God, is way more important than sacrifice in the caramel M&M's. Sacrifice is saying to God, hey, God, it's not what I want. It's what you want. It's laying down everything, everything that my heart has desired, everything that my life has been about, and saying, God, my life is not going to be about these things anymore. It's going to be about becoming more like you. Because what does the world offer us? What do we chase? We chase the desire for pleasure. We chase the desire for possessions, for power, for prestige. We want all eyes on us. It's all about me. And when I'm willing to sacrifice that, when I'm willing to say, God, I want my body, my very actions to be a living sacrifice for you where everything in my life, God, I want it not to be about me, but I want it to be about you. That is the first major step, the action step that we can take toward holiness toward becoming like Jesus. God, it's not about me. I want my life to be completely and totally about you. There's power there. And when it comes to this lifestyle of holiness, you gotta ask yourself, is my lifestyle, the actions of my life, are they pleasing to God? Am I sacrificing? Am I laying it all on the altar? Am I giving it to him? Or is my life consumed by the pursuit of pleasure? or the pursuit of possessions, or power, or prestige? You gotta identify and be honest with yourself. What is my life about? Because if you're not honest, you're going to find that your, your faith is becoming toxic. Your lifestyle has to be marked by holiness. It's got to be pleasing to God. Because listen, when you don't allow yourself to be in that space where you're laying it all on the table and saying, God, it's yours, you become toxic really quick. 
And it's amazing how fast we can lose sight of this. There's an incredible scripture in Exodus chapter 32. You see the Israelites who Moses has led out of Egypt. They were in slavery. They were slaves to the Egyptians. It was the worst life you could ever imagine. God sends the plagues on Egypt. He gives them Moses as a leader and he leads them out of Egypt. And they're trying to head toward the promised land. And after God has delivered them from Egypt, after he's parted the Red Sea, after he has miraculously allowed them them to escape, it says that they came to the mountain of God, Mount Sinai. And it's in this moment that the spirit, the presence of God, it comes down and rests on Mount Sinai. And it's an unbelievable description of the holiness and the power of the presence of God. The earth is shaking. Thunder and lightning are coming out from all over the place. There's the sound of a really loud trumpet just coming from the mountain. I mean, it would be spooky. It's a little bit overwhelming. And you realize in that moment, just as a person created by the creator in the presence of the creator, you realize, I can't handle this. The holiness and the power and the majesty, the glory of God is too much for me to handle. God speaks to them from the mountain, calls Moses to meet with him. And all the people are saying, Moses, you've got to go yourself. If we approach that mountain, we're all going to die. We can't even be in the presence of the holiness of God. And so it says Moses goes up on the mountain where God gives him these 10 commandments, where God gives him all the rules for living for his people. And I mean, when you think about how he sets up the 10 commandments, he's saying, Moses, first and foremost, you can't have any other gods before me. Your life has to be about focusing on me. Don't make any idols for yourselves in life. Don't take my name in vain. Remember the Sabbath. Remember who I am. Take time out of your daily and weekly routines to focus on who I am and who I've called you to be. And then following those four commands, he lays it all out, right? It's, it's honor your father and mother. It's don't steal, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't covet. And he lays it all out for them. But for 40 days, it says Moses was on this mountain in the presence of God. The presence of God hovering on this mountain right beside the Israelites. And after 40 days, the Israelites say, hey, hey, Moses hasn't been here for a while. We don't know what happened to him. So maybe we should just make some other gods and serve those gods instead. I mean, how does that even happen, right? You look at the Israelites and go, what is wrong with you? And yet we are just as guilty. We encounter the presence of God in our lives. He radically changes us. And yet as soon as we take our focus off of him, we become consumed again. We, we just reinvest in our pursuit of possessions and power and prestige and pleasure. And we turn our back on this unbelievable life, this hope, this freedom that God has called us to live into. He's called us to be holy. He's calling you to become more and more like him each and every day. And it starts with presenting yourself as a living sacrifice. God, not what I want, but what you want. It continues with an attitude. It says this in verse two, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Let's talk about the attitude here for a second. This is really important. The attitude is holiness, is a mindset marked by surrender. Let's consider that for a second. My attitude, it matters. You can be right, but if you have the wrong attitude, you're wrong, all right? Some of you are nudging the person next to you, don't do that, all right? That's, that's a bad attitude. You can be right, but if you have the wrong attitude, you're wrong. Consider the mindset, holiness. When I'm becoming like Jesus, that's a mindset marked by surrender. Defining surrender as giving oneself up to some influence or power. 
Think about that. I'm giving myself up to some other influence or power. I surrender. I want to become like you. And there's a question there that that follows up there. It's, who am I imitating? Because when Paul says, don't copy the pattern of the world, don't be conformed to that pattern, it's just this image that you are being molded into something. And I'm going to throw this out you. I think this is truth. You're going to be living your life in surrender to something. And we've already identified there's that pursuit of possessions and pleasure and power and prestige. You're going to be surrendering your life to something. You're going to be conforming to the image of something. Who are you imitating? Are you becoming like Jesus? Because he calls you to this life that is unbelievable. I mean, you're living in freedom. You're living in hope. You're living in joy and you're living in peace. And we pollute that when we allow unholiness to creep into our lives. We miss out on this life that he's called us to, living into the purpose and plan that he has for us when we allow ourselves to be polluted by the things of this world. You're going to be formed and you're going to be conforming into something. When you surrender that, you're going to be imitating something, becoming like something. What is it that you are imitating? Who is it that you are becoming? It's really important that we identify who it is that we are what our lives are going to be about, and realize, man, I'm imitating something. Am I imitating Jesus? Am I becoming more like him? I think I've said this and shared this before, but my family, we like to go to Florida for vacation, especially in the wintertime. We love the beach. Here's the thing. My boys are getting old. My son, he's going to be 13 in in less than two weeks, and I cannot believe I'm going to be the dad of a teenage kid. my, My world is shattered right now. They're getting older, but here's something that has never changed for my boys. Even to this day, as one is becoming a teenager, the other one is 10 years old. When we go to the beach from ever since they were like one year old, they would start playing with the sand and making sand castles. Here's the thing. doesn't matter what kind of utensils we get them with. They've got a shovel or the buckets or the little things that you can make the little sand castles. It doesn't matter what utensils or tools we give them. My kids over the last decade have never made a decent or good or quality looking sand castle. It's just plops of sand. They have plops of sand and they say, oh, look at our sand castle. Isn't that amazing? It's just a big pile of sand. It has no form. It has nothing. It's terrible. They are not good at making sand castles. And the thing about it is, man... They say the definition of, uh, of just being crazy is doing the same thing over and over again and ex- expecting different results, right? That's insanity. When it comes to our daily life, when it comes to my idea that I am be- I'm called to become more like Jesus, I can't say, man, I love Jesus, I want to become more like him, but keep the pursuit of my life, the, the pursuit of pleasure and possession and, and power and prestige, I, I cannot keep doing the same things over and over. I, I actually have to change. I have to say, God, no, I'm, I'm surrendering this to you. Jesus, I don't want to be influenced and, and be imitating the things of this world. No, I want to be conformed into your image. I want you to mold me and shape me to be more like you. That's the attitude I have to have. Man, the action is sacrifice. I lay it out. It's not mine, God, it's yours. But then it's surrender. Man, I, I don't want to imitate the things of the world. Jesus, I want to imitate you. I want to be transformed into your image. I want to become who you've called me to be. And that leads us to verse 3. This is powerful. Paul says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. This takes us from the action to the attitude to the assessment. He's saying, man, you've got to be honest with yourself. Don't fool yourself. Because if you start lying to yourself, you're going to be lying to God. Your faith is becoming toxic. Is it all on the table? 
Have you said to God, God, this, this life of mine, it's not for me anymore, it's for you. I'm laying it there on the altar. It, I'm yours. Do you have that attitude of surrender? God, I don't want to be formed by anything in this world. Jesus, I want to become more like you. I want to imitate you. Because the assessment is so important. You see here that holiness is a heart marked by submission. God, whatever it is that you want, whatever you've called me to do, I'm willing. It takes honesty. You've got to assess your life. Am I becoming more like Jesus? Or am I denying him with my lifestyle? This is where the evaluation is so incredibly important. Because God is calling you to become more like him. And I want to challenge you today. I want to go back to this whiteboard for a second. If this graph represents your spiritual life, your relationship with Jesus, that question of am I becoming more like Jesus, what does the trajectory of your life look like? Are you doing it? Are you becoming more like Jesus? Man, keep at it. Because he has a purpose and a plan for your life. That is where life is lived to the fullest. Are you just feeling apathetic and you're just not really sure what's going on? Man, take that next step. Say, Jesus, I want to be like you. I'm laying it all on the table. I think the final thing there is, man, if you realize I'm not as strong in my relationship with Jesus as I once was, I've allowed a lot of things to creep into my life that have polluted my relationship with God. My faith has become toxic. These are the moments that Paul is speaking to. He's saying, hey, don't think of yourselves better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation and realize, hey, it's my life work to become more like Jesus. He is calling me to become more like him. And I challenge you today, if you're going to live life to the fullest, if you're going to avoid that radioactive, that toxic faith, it's time to make that commitment. It's time to make that commitment to say, hey, I am going to become more like Jesus. God, I thank you for who you are, for the incredible love that you have for us. And I just want to ask you today to fill us with your wisdom, to fill us with your love, to fill us with your courage, to take the steps that we need to take to daily surrender and to become more like you. I'm so thankful that we live in the power of your Holy Spirit, that I don't have to live the way that I used to. God, you give me the power to overcome. There's no temptation in my life that I have to give in to. God, you always offer me a way to escape that. You always offer me that pathway to becoming more like you. And so, Jesus, I ask that you would just give us the strength, the courage, and the wisdom to pursue you with everything we have. Make it the desire of our heart to become more like you. We love you. We thank you, and we praise you today because you are worthy. You are holy. There is no one like you. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen.